easy, but you have to have it on your priority list and on your choice list is how much you're going to pursue and at what cost that can bring to you or your family, because we can all do a lot more things, but we want to make sure you feel the day, you feel the depth of connection there and you're doing things you care about. If you can overlay that to everything, I promise you'll end up in a place where you like better, not just more. Um, with that, I'll sign off on Jenna. I love you. And that way you can hang out too. And then uh, Craig, our friend Craig Clemens is about to come in. Um, let me tell you about Craig. Uh, I'm so looking forward to this too because, uh, one, I just love talking. I've been talking with Craig a lot lately. Uh, we're working on some deals together. And Craig is literally the most successful living copywriter alive. So you're all going to want to take some notes here. This is going to be a super masterclass. Craig is, uh, I think I've known since 2009, maybe. We met in a mastermind and we just became fast friends because he he's, he's funny and he's out there, but the way he thinks about marketing and sales is like a professional. I mean, he's a guy who will take that, that sales letter, that sales video, and he will break it down and he will try to understand the psychology of it and the rhythm of it and why it works and which hook was best. And he literally obsesses about this, listen, y'all, at billion dollar level. He's at a billion dollars of sales from his writing, from his copy. So he has a lot to teach. I mean, that's hard to fathom for all of us, right? And he's done that specifically. His greatest successes have come in that, in selling in, in more of like the supplement industry, as an example. So for those of you who know, for those of you, many of you here who have like, like Dr. Gundry's supplements or probiotics, like that's Craig's writing. That's Craig's direction in terms of the copy and the sales. And he's done that for dozens of brands at the highest level at his company, Golden Hippo. And so while he has traditionally not been the face and did not want to be in the influencer marketing place, I brought him into our tribe and crew because I was like, you're doing it at levels that most of us can't even dream of. Can you come and break it down for us? Like, how do you think of marketing and how do you think of sales? Because all of us, we have to write copy every day. We have to write the copy of our Instagram post or the Facebook post or the email. Like that's copy. And I wanted him to have a chance to come in and jam about that and tell a little bit about his story and about how he's figured some of these things out. And this will be a really tactical session for you too. So I'm just going to bring in Craig, Craig when he's ready. Craig Clemens is in the house, ladies and gentlemen. Give him a big round of applause. Let's go, Craig. What's up, Brendan? How you doing, my man? My brother. Oh, so excited to be here. I love seeing everyone's smiling faces. I see some familiar faces. My man Rex is in the crowd. I see some people that have been at some different events I've been at. So uh, fired up, man. Thanks for having me. I'm fired up too. Um, you know, most of our audience here is, is watching on Facebook today. And then here in the Zoom, we've got some of our, our best clients with us here today, Craig. And I know everyone's excited to hear from you because, you know, when I put out the post about your achievements in, in copy, I mean, it, most people struggle to write an Instagram story that is, you know, compelling, you know, with two sentences and you're writing, you know, copy and sales letters and video sales letters that generate hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. So I think you're a mystery to people, which is cool. Right. And the way that you think is seemingly magic to people. And so I would love to talk about first, what made you fall in love with copywriting in the first place? How did you know you were going to zero in on that? 
and then we'll talk about what you've learned later, but a little bit of that story of just why did you fall in love with this? Because for a lot of people, they're trying to figure out what are they going to fall in love with? Yeah, definitely. Well, I've always loved connecting with people. My parents tell the story all the time that I got dropped off for a kid's birthday party. And then they went to pick me up a few hours later and they say, Hey, how was Craig with the rest of the kids? And they're like, well, he was interesting. So within about five minutes, he learned everybody's names. And within about 10 minutes, he was instructing them and telling them what to do with all the games and the <laughs> activities and things like that. And I think I just always like, you're, you're like a connector and teacher right away, huh? I was just, yeah, I just, uh, you know, I've always been like outgoing person, you know, like even here, like I love seeing all the people on video. I like, I'm looking, looking at the chat. I want to like say hi to everybody, you know? So if, if you're, I'm reading these chats. So, you know, say what up in the chat as you're watching this. Uh, I love to see, hear where everyone's from too. So, uh, you know, tell me where you're from and uh, all this stuff. Cause it's, it's tough in this virtual game, Brendan, you know, it's not like when you have the crowd to feed off the energy. So, uh, you know, that's, that's one of the things I've always liked is, is feeling off of people's energies. And that's really one of the keys to copywriting is to think about one person that you want to connect with on the other side of the screen. Think about that one person and speak directly to them one-on-one -on -one about things that they care about, about things that keep them up at night, about things that they want to achieve, about things that they're having some trouble achieving and they don't know what the, the path is to go yet. And that's that's the way to do it. And I, and I love uh, you guys all saying hi in the chat right now too. I see people from South Africa, from the UK, from Iowa, Netherlands. Brendan, you got such a great, uh, great crowd in here as always. Tokyo, Long Island, Saudi Arabia. Wow, awesome. So yeah, so that's uh, step one. Don't write for yourself write for that other person that you want to connect with. Think about what's important to them. And you know, a lot of people make this mistake, Brennan, when they're writing their about me page, whether it's, uh, you know, for their website or their Instagram bio. And it's tempting, you know, to, to talk about yourself and all the cool things you've done. But what people want to hear is what you can do for them. And it's a busy world out here in internet land. And if someone doesn't find out what you can do for them, within the first few seconds of landing on your web page profile, whatever it is, they're going to bounce and, and go, go somewhere else. You know, people are, are uh, selfish by nature and there's a lot of options these, these days. So true. So true. So you knew pretty early on that, uh, you know, you like to connect, you like to teach. And this is, this is a great teaching point, by the way. Um, and I hope that one of the things you'll pull from what he just said is speaking to that one person on the other side. It's very popular these days to be like, hey, guys, and you're talking like you're talking to a mass number of people. Right. And that there's there's a balance there. That's really good when you're trying to lead something or like in a leadership realm or you're really trying to connect with a specific group on a specific thing. But more often that one to one is going to make a huge difference. I'm always writing to a person. And I think that's always helped me in what I've been doing too. Uh, when you think about the world of copywriting, I actually want to go into funny space here because one, I, Craig's one of the funniest guys I know, and I just love to talk with him. And I think this will be, give some good fodder. What are the mistakes people usually make? Uh, because you see so much come across your desk of people trying to sell stuff or people trying to connect with something. And, you know, the sale is off, the copy is off. You'd also test this in the hundreds of millions of dollars worth of testing. Like, what are the like common mistakes that we probably don't even know we're making 
that we should just be attentive to. Yeah, yeah. So if I could uh, just just make me land one point today, one yeah. point. Uh, it's something that I learned from the days of TV advertising. So just curious, how, how old is everybody out there? Drop your age in the chat, because I'm going to talk about some old school shit and some new school shit here. You know, so I'm curious. Okay, so we got some people in their 30s and their 40s, their 50s. Anyone in the 60s there? Okay. Wow. It's full. Okay. Got it. Got it. Full range. Okay. So tell me in the chat right now, if you're old enough to remember when the TV only had about 30 channels. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you remember that? Remember that? I remember number 32 it was Playboy. And I, you know, I go, my, my, <laughs> it was blurred out, but like once in a while you'll see like a nipple, you know? Okay. So, uh, Okay, who, who's old enough to remember when the, the TV only had 12 channels? Drop it in the chat there. Okay, cool. We got some, some, some old school folks. Now, how about when TV only had three channels? ABC, NBC, CBS. Yep. Okay, you guys are filming me. You're my people. So back in the early days of TV, the advertisers had it so easy because there's only three channels. And so... You can put the worst advertisement in the middle of a TV show and people are forced to watch. You know, they're not going to change Samford and Son to, you know, risk what's on the other channel because there's only two of them. Right. Some people are saying in, in, like in Hungary, they only had one channel. You know, so you, whatever advertising is served out, you, you got to watch it. Right. And this is how the Internet used to be, too. Like who remembers when the Internet was AOL only and everyone only had one email box? And there was no promotions tab or, you know, spam tab. Anything you set would go right there. And when you go off to your browser, there's no tabbed browsing. You can't have like, you know, 50 tabs open at once. And you don't have your smartphone beeping you with Facebook notifications and your, you know, TikToks and all this stuff. Like you just had narrow focus. So it used to be really easy to have someone's attention because they had nowhere else to go. So it was, it was, it was a cakewalk and, and TV they had to solve for this as TV was getting bigger. So TV started with the three channels. And then when it got to 12, it was a little tougher to make the advertising work. When it got to 32, even tougher. But they could still be semi-lazy in their advertising because people love their favorite shows. And they would sit through a few things just to get to the next part of the show until one crazy television invention came along that just ruined everything for advertisers. Can anyone guess what that is? Can anyone guess what this thing was? Guess what the, what the change was that changed everything. You guys are some people saying, uh, saying internet, some people saying TiVo, some people, okay. A couple people got it, got it right. Most people got it wrong though, but a couple of people got it right. Okay. So that one thing was, yes, it was the infrared remote control. So for the first time, you got to get up from your couch and your bag of Doritos, walk your ass over to the TV, uh, you know, change the channel. The first time you don't have to do that anymore because the remote control. And advertisers started seeing their viewership decline. They do the, the surveys and say, hey, do you remember this ad? And people would start saying no at, at huge rates. And there was one person who figured this out. And he was a, a gentleman named Michael Ovitz. Is anyone familiar with Michael Ovitz? So Michael was a founder of a company called CAA. 
And to give you a little background on Michael Ovitz, he started at the biggest talent agency in the world, which was William Morris, in the mailroom when he was like 25. By the time he was 29, he had left and started his own agency, CAA. And by the time he was 33, he was ruling the entire Hollywood industry with an iron fist. This guy just had it on lockdown. He made Forrest Gump. He made Beverly Hills Cop. He made Ghostbusters. He made Rain Man. Like, he had Sylvester Stallone. He had Madonna. He had Kevin Costner. He had Robert Redford. They had just the whole Hollywood industry on lockdown. And when all this drama was happening in advertising, some of the world's biggest companies were coming to Michael and saying, hey, what do we do? And, and one of those companies was Coca-Cola. And so he had the idea to, to change the game of advertising because back then people would just say, you know, Coca-Cola, drink it, blah, 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 right? And it was the same ad across every show, every channel. He had the idea, well, what if we made these commercials entertaining? What if they were like mini movies? And at the time, that was a revolutionary idea. And back then, if an actor was a, uh, to star in a commercial, they were considered washed up. It was something no actors wanted to do. But he said, no, we're going we're gonna to break the mold here. So he got directors like Rob Reiner to direct commercials. And he started making different commercials. Like for Saturday Night Live, he'd make a comedy commercial. And for a Hallmark Channel, he had Rob Reiner direct a commercial where a young couple's sipping Coca-Cola and then they're drinking Coca-Cola on their wedding day and then they're drinking Coca-Cola when their first baby's born and then they're drinking Coca-Cola 80 years old holding hands in Central Park while the, the Beatles song When I'm 64 is playing. And people just just were, were freaking out on these ads. And some of the ads were really risque too. They had an ad in Europe where you could always get a little bit more edgy than the US where a, a man was, uh, uh, a glass blower was shaping the Coca-Cola bottle and there was an attractive woman staring on from afar and she was like obviously getting turned on by seeing the guy like shape this Coca-Cola bottle, you know? So he just blew the lid off of this, this advertising and Coca-Cola in the first year that they gave CAA their advertising had a 5% increase in sales. And if you remember, like this is back in the 80s, this is when Coca-Cola was like the water of its time. You know, it's like you're drinking Coca-Cola breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So 5% increase in sales, then a 12% increase in profits because he did that one thing. And that's the one thing I want to impart on, on everyone here is to make your advertising entertaining try to make all of your messages entertaining and the best way to do it brendan the one thing that i want everyone to take away from this talk you'll notice when brendan brought me on the first thing i did is i told a story i was just waiting for an opening for brendan to ask me something that i could tell a story about and he asked me what i got into copywriting uh, about back in the day. And I just thought of this story. I, it was totally unplanned of, of what my parents used to talk about when I would go to the, the kids' birthday parties. And he noticed that story like kind of relates to copywriting, but not really. It almost would more relate to leadership or something like that. My point is the story doesn't necessarily have to relate to what you're selling or your message. People just love a story. So Brennan and I have a, a mutual friend. Let me let me give a shout out of, of like that might resonate with some people in the in the influencer world or I know we got a lot of people in the podcast world here too. Is like uh, I listen to, I like I like Joel Osteen's podcast and he always like he always begins his broadcast with a, a joke a little story it's a story and a joke it's kind of funny and then he gets to that that joke or that thing isn't always related at all 
to the topic of his sermon or to what he's going to share. It's just to get you enrolled. It's just to open up your mind and go, oh, okay, I should pay attention here. I like that little story. Now, you, 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 you piqued my interest enough to make me stay. It's kind of what everyone was sharing. Uh, guys, if you all remember what Jay was sharing, if you were with us this morning, Jay talking about, hey, win that first three to eight seconds. Don't just go, hey, guys, give them a stat or a story. Did you know this? And the, it pulls them in. And I think that's where people really suck is the pulling in part. Yeah, absolutely. And it it doesn't have to be anything to do with the, the, the message. I think that's such an important point. Like, um, you know, Bre Bo Easton is someone I think uh, people in your audience might know because I know he trains with you at some of your events. And he's generally considered the greatest onstage speaker on the planet. And what he speaks about is improving your speaking. So I went to see Bo Eason when I was learning to speak on stage and I was waiting to see that, that tip, you know, what's going to be the big tip on how to open a speech. And I assumed that it would be go to the crowd and say, Hey, how's everybody doing? Give it up for that last speaker. And no, he starts right off. He says, you know, so my wife and I used to live in Los Angeles. And when you have an eight year old daughter in Los Angeles, you get invited to these super fancy birthday parties where his parents are spending a million dollars when their daughter turns nine. And my wife and I walked into one of these, and he starts, and you just need to know what happens next, right? And then he tells a story. He's driving his, he's driving his daughter and wife away in like a fury after someone yeah. said something like at the party. And you're like, you don't even know what the guy's talking about. You don't know what his speech is about. But then he comes back to, hey, start your thing in the middle of a story. And you're like, Ugh, in the middle of the story or at the client, Craig does this on my stages. I've had, if you have not seen Craig speak on stage, he just kills it. And he comes in, he'll start in the middle of a crazy story. And you're like, what is he, what? And that little piece, I've learned so much from you, like watching you hone and master that man. It's just, it's magic. Thank you. Yes. And Gin Ginger nailed it in the chats. He said, jump into the story, you know, don't even worry about uh, your bio. Don't waste the precious audience audience attention. Just go right into it. So yes, yeah, so when I go on Brennan's stage, I walk out there and I say, it was 4 a.m. in the morning. I'm in a little town called Odessa in the Ukraine. I look at my hand, there's blood running down my hand. My right eye is throbbing from the guy who just punched me in the face. My left eye is swollen God, I can barely see. I'm surrounded by four thugs. I don't really remember how I got there. They throw me in the back of a car. I, I'm completely defenseless, and they just start driving. That's my copywriting talk. <laughs> That's you know, there's nothing to do with uh, with the the thing that happened to me in Odessa back in 2011. I then get into copywriting lessons, but people are like, "Oh, what happened? How'd you get out of that car? How'd you get into that car? What's going on? Where was the blood from? You know, who were these guys? They just have to know. It's it's the human brain. You know, we want to complete these open loops. So just uh, you know, think about your best stories, whatever they are. Maybe they're your funniest stories. Maybe they're your scariest stories. Maybe it's something really traumatic that happened to you and start all of your messages with one of those whether it's walking on a stage making an instagram post you know pulling up the camera you know uh, to do a, a ig live or a instagram story you know and just start talking about what happened that day 
the stories don't have to be that good. They don't have to be that Odessa kidnapping story. Like the story about me as a kid with the birthday party, it's, it's okay. It's not great, you know? But then you think of, you can think of your really good stories for when you want to really grab someone's attention. So what I've been using lately, Brendan, is I, I, I step out and I say, uh, so the first time I went to jail, I was 22 years old. And the first time I had sex, I was also 22 years old. Fortunately, those two things didn't happen at the same time. And I'm going to start with a jail story because that makes me look a little cooler. And then I'm going to tell the losing my virginity story because it's kind of pathetic. I feel, you know, when I was 22 and, and still a virgin. So here's how it began. That's also a copywriting talk. <laughs> you know, it's not a, it's not a, a self-help. It's not, uh, you know, how I didn't have confidence or. Uh, I, I, don't, I want to jump on it, Craig. I don't want people to miss this piece. He said, start with your best stories. And I'm wondering if the people watching this have ever actually done the work to write down all your best stories. Like if you don't have a journal somewhere or honestly, like me, I have it on my, on my computer. These are my best stories. And, you know, mine's like 200, like it's literally 200 different stories. And that's going to sound obnoxious. But when you see them, some of them are like the most simple thing. Something somebody said to me in a line at Starbucks that like made me think differently something in there that happened while I was driving something in there when I was growing up and learning to play like baseball, something in there, like they're all, they're so, they're all simple. None of them are mind blowing. Maybe the biggest one in there at all is my car accident story. And the rest from that is like super low grade, if you would consider, but all those stories, I have them available to me. So when I'm speaking or I'm going to do an ad or I'm going to, you know, be on a, for me, especially as a, as a teacher or a trainer, I'm going to bring some of those stories in, but most of you don't have what we call an inventory of stories at all. You're just going about life and you're not capturing the stories and you don't realize you want to be a millionaire. You don't get to be a millionaire in this industry without your stories. I don't mean posting Instagram stories. I mean, what are the stories of your life? Simple stories, big stories. Not, they don't have to be controversial. They don't have to be super dramatic. But I really believe that, especially for those who want to become great stage speakers. When you identify just the simplest of those stories, like he was talking about Bose. One of my favorite stories of Bo Eason is about how when he was learning to play, uh, I think it was football, and his dad would come up and put his dirty fingernails from a hard day's work on the chain link fence and scream and shout for his son to do a good job. He just It's just a scene he saw of his dad cheering him on, but as he could tell, his dad's fingernails were dirty. Hold on the chain link fence. He tells that little story. And you're just like, oh, you can see your hardworking dad through his example. He's always saying, you know, be specific because it's in the specific that other people can connect because they draw their own. I just think it's important. So important what Craig's saying. Create this list so you know your stories. Use those stories more in your ads, in your presentations, in your Instagram, on your you know, uh, on your TikToks, tell that short 15 seconds, whatever it is. I think it's good. Craig, I want to come back to something though, because I, I did get asked this and you're like the pro of it. It's actually one of our friends who asked it. So I want to make, I'm, I'm going to be held feet to the fire if I don't have it. Like what are those, what other mistakes? Like obviously one, not being in intrigue, not starting with stories. What are the yeah. mistakes people making in their copywriting? Because uh, I think this is so valuable. Yeah, so... I think overselling 
and coming across too salesy is a very common mistake. And what's funny is that's the thing that keeps a lot of people, Brendan, from wanting to get into writing their own content or sales right. copy because they don't want to come across as salesy. But then they read the manuals and the manuals are like, well, you got to tell them they have to buy in 24 hours and you got to tell them that the price is going to go up the next day and all this stuff. And don't get me wrong. You do need to add scarcity. You do need to let people know when your offer is a limited time, you need to tell them that it's a limited time, but there's the way to do that. That's borrowing from an infomercial. And there's a way to do it. That's borrowing from an authentic part of yourself. So I want to give a technique that everyone can use to do just that. So when you're doing a, 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 any type of product sale and you're really passionate about the product, Brennan, you, you know it's gonna work, right? And so the way I train my team is I say, okay, let's say you have this bottle of probiotics and your aunt has been coming to you and your aunt's like, oh, my, my stomach is flaring up and I don't want to give up my Coca-Cola because their commercials are too good. I don't want to stop uh, eating, eating gluten, you know, but uh, I don't know what to do. And you know that the probiotics are the solution. And you know that if she just started taking the probiotics, she's going to fix her tummy troubles. And she keeps going. She's like, you know, it's starting to affect my work. It's starting to affect my uh, relationships with uh, my, my daughter and my son. And you just really want your aunt to try this, right? You're not going to go to your aunt and say, okay, Aunt Jane, I think you should try these probiotics. And if you try them within the next 24 hours, you're going to get a huge discount. And you're going to notice that your stomach troubles fade away. You're going to notice you have more time with your kids. You're going to notice that you are less nervous to eat the foods you love. No, you're going to say, Aunt Jane, can I talk to you seriously for a second? I have met so many people actually who had that same problem and it's tough to give up the Coca-Cola. It tastes good. You don't want to have to nitpick everything you eat during your day. And even if you did, Let's face it, the diet industry is coating everything with sugar these days anyways, you know, so it's, it's, it's not your fault that this is happening, but it, it is happening and, and it's something that should be addressed, you know, and what doctors are saying now is that the probiotics, which are beneficial bacteria for your microbiome can balance out some of those effects. And I really want you to try these because I care about you and I know that these are going to make a, a difference for you. Like you really should try these things. Because like, it's just a, a small investment that you'd have to make. What is it like, you know, quarter a day or something like that for these, but then you're going to feel this difference every day of your life. You're going to have less anxiety with every meal you eat. Every time you see your daughter, you're going to light up with a smile, knowing that your tummy's not going to get sore. And you're going to have to like, you know, say you're, you're not feeling well enough to play. You just need to try these, Aunt Jane. I want you to try these because I care about you and I want the best for you. It's coming from a place of caring. I call it compassionate closing. Because think about it. If you're writing to some random person that you've never met before and you don't really care about their life, 
Versus if you're writing to Aunt Jane, who you really want her to experience a better life. Even if you have all the techniques in the world, who are you going to close harder? Right? You're going to close your aunt. Or like, you know, who can relate to you when you have uh, some best friend that's maybe like, you know, making the same mistake over and over again. Like maybe they've been like, you know, getting too, too friendly with the bottle or making the same mistake in their relationship. And you can see it from the outside and they can't see it. And they come to ask you for advice. And I'm like, Brendan, listen to me, man. You just need to give Denise that hug every morning when you wake up and kiss her before you run off to work or whatever it is. You know, it's just that one. Denise knows that's- great. Because <laughs> when you care about someone, you close them way harder. So when it's time to close someone in your message, do it with love. Think about love for that one person you're talking to and think, okay, imagine that is someone who's a member of your own family that you love very much and then speak to them how you would speak to that member of your family. Dude, that is so gold. Give this guy a round of applause, Frank. This is gold. Gold. Would you all please give him some hearts, share this post, let your friends know this stuff because, I mean, literally that one segment could change the, the, the energy of our own industry. That's how important it is, I think it is, that you share this post with your friends. Tell them to join us on Influencer Summit. This is something like, this is why I'm having these leaders on because they're thinking differently. They're thinking a different, they're just thinking differently. And so think he's not just being a, a bleeding heart here. This compassionate closing has led to hundreds of millions of dollars of sales. And you feel like you have to step outside of who you are and be pushy with people. You don't have to be pushy with people. There's a different way. This is possible. So please share this post. Please let people know what we're doing here at Influencer Summit because we're trying to change the conversation. The first two, you know, Jenna and Jay today, I hope you felt like we're changing the conversation around do things that make you happy. Don't burn yourself out. Take care of yourself. You know, some of these things really matter right now. Um, Craig, this is good. I, I don't want to, I don't want to cut you off there. I'm just, I just, I'm writing it down and I just feel like it's, it's so powerful. Compassionate closing. I love that. Are there, are there other things that we, we mess up on? This is so good. I mean, where, where else should I start? You know, there's so many, but uh, I think, you know, doing these two things is going to advance people so much. It's just like getting someone in with a story and then speaking to them as, as you, like you really care, you know, and that'll actually let your message travel further too, Brennan, because those ad networks, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Taboola, Google, they don't like this scammy salesy stuff. Yep. And if you start getting a lot of traffic and they go look at your message again and they see that you're using these, these tactics and, and not speaking from the heart, they'll shut you down because so they, they turn into scammy advertising. So true. I love that. Um, when you think of sitting down and, and having to write uh, a sales message to sell a product or service, what are, I mean, in addition to these things, what, what is kind of your process there? A lot of people struggle with that. Like where to the start, you know, it's a blank page and yeah. okay, we maybe start with a story and I'm going to talk dark night, but like they don't know how to go from these ideas to the, the sales letter or the offer or the thing I'm writing is over. They just like that process is really scary. What advice would you give folks here? Yeah. So I generally spend about a week doing research I read all of the studies uh, that are super boring, but I'm looking for those little, 
little tidbits of, of proof. You know, uh, one of the greatest copywriters of all time, Gary Bensavenga, he says that master closers sell with proof. And the more proof points you have that your product or service works, the more people are going to be buying because when someone lands on a new product page or service page, they're subconsciously looking for that proof that it's going to work. You know, a basic example of proof would be a testimonial from someone who's, who's had a result. Another example could be a, a published clinical study that shows, you know, XYZ probiotic helps people reduce cravings o- over six weeks by, you know, reported average of 22%. You know, another way to make that even better proof is say, and the study was conducted at Harvard. And another people reason or another way to make that even more powerful. And the study was conducted at Harvard with 2000 people over a period of nine years, you know, so look for those tidbits that make your proof rock solid and indisputable. And they can come in a lot of different ways, but the more proof elements you have in there, the better it's going to be, you know, other, other ways are, are expert uh, or celebrity endorsements. You know, if you're selling a nutritional supplement and you have a doctor that says, Hey, I, I stand by this. If you have a celebrity that says, Hey, I, I stand by this. And then if you have real people that say, hey, this worked for me and here's the results, and then you have the clinical studies that are scientists proving, that's like five kinds of proof, just boom, you know, that it's like indisputable. And then also something else that people need to think about, the world is a busy place and Brendan, as uh, as amazing as your work is, Brennan, you're also creating competition for us all, you know, because everyone's learning these great secrets. So how do you stand out and cut through the noise, right? How do you get the followers now when there's so many people following? How do you sell the supplement product when someone can go on Amazon and there's literally 10,000 different types of probiotics, you know? And so the key there is to have something unique that they've never seen before. So a good example is, is with probiotics. I would never launch a probiotic right now. That's just a basic probiotic because everybody knows what they are. There's 10,000 of them and there's not the uniqueness that that overcomes the fact that it's a commodity now to, to buy probiotics, you know, however, in 2013, when I got into the probiotic space, most people in America hadn't even heard of them and you had to teach them what the microbiome was. You know, this collection of bacteria that lives inside of, of your stomach and your GI tract. And at that time, people were like, nah, I don't believe you. But now that's common knowledge, right? So back then, we'd have advertisements that would educate and then talk about probiotics. But then that started getting commoditized. So when I met Dr. Gundry, who I see some people in the chat know, it, uh, I was actually at a conference and I had a probiotic brand that was killing it. And I, when I meet people at the conference, they'd say, hey, Craig, what do you do for a living? And I said, oh, I'm in the probiotics business. You know, I have this brand with this Dr. Carrie Nelson. And then Dr. Gundry gets on stage and he does his, his doctor talk and someone raises their hand. And they, he says, hey, Mr., uh, Mr. Gundry, what do you think of probiotics? And he goes, oh, probiotics? Probiotics are bullshit. Probiotics just give you expensive urine. And I'm like, I'm the probiotic guy at that conference, right? (laughs) And then he goes on to say that he's a big believer in what are called prebiotics. Now, what prebiotics are is a special type of food 
that feeds your own gut bacteria so they get stronger. It's not extra bacteria, it's food for your own bacteria. So I approached Dr. Gundry after that talk and I said, hey, would you ever consider putting some of your ideas into products? We could make them for you. And short story is he said yes, and we created the brand Gundry MD, which has become very successful. And our first product though was the prebiotics. So when everyone else was talking about probiotics, we came out with the prebiotics and absolutely crushed it. And then soon that became common knowledge. And so we had to come up with the next evolution, the next evolution. And this is how it works in every industry, Brendan. You know, it's like, there's a lot of people, uh, for example, in, uh, in weight loss is where you see a lot of really like, I mean, some of them are scammy, some of them are, are legit, but you know, we've all seen the commercial where it's like, you're going to lose weight by shaking this weight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then there's uh, there's that company Sensa where it's like you you sprinkle the powder on your food and it makes you eat less of the food. Like it's unique, you know. And and who remembers some of these have actually been busted. Right? Really <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do, do, who remembers a commercial on TV where it was a, a weight loss pill and it showed the the picture of you take the pill and it shows the pill expanding in your stomach and making your stomach smaller. Oh yeah, I do remember. You know, that that sold a lot of pills. I think it, it turned out to be complete BS and getting popped by the FTC. But like, you know, my point is like, don't do things that are illegal, but do do things that are innovative and improving upon what's out there. Because then, once you hook them with your story, you then have a unique angle that people will appreciate, and they'll give your thing a try. Versus if you're doing all the work to get them hooked in. And then you're selling them the same thing that they've heard about a hundred times without telling them why your offering is unique. They're going to think, Oh, you know, this was, this was interesting, but I've already tried this. I'm out. Guys. I hope you are writing this down. I mean, literally think about this. Everyone watching. He just, this isn't his framework or anything, but just from what he's saying, it's like story, uniqueness, proof. Just or story proof you need whatever you flip them juggle them the way you want to but these components when they are there you're at a whole other level than most people just going hey I like this guys you should try it like this is a whole other strategic conversation that he's creating and thinking about in his prospects minds that are helping them get to the decision of like, Oh, of course it's a natural thing. I should buy this, or I'm really interested. I'm, my curiosity is peaked, but obviously it works. So I should get it. Like when you start thinking about this and don't get trapped thinking he's only talking about supplements, these, whatever you're selling story, proof, uniqueness, when you start combining and adding these and stacking these things on, this is how you're going to build. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit with you, Craig, because you're experiencing something that I know a lot of people watching are as well, which is, you know, you, you've been in many ways behind the scenes, like Craig has been the, the, the guy behind the scenes for a very long time doing a lot of things, but in this last year or two, and you know, in coming months and years, he's, he's putting himself out there more as a personality. He's jumping in the social media game, even though he's got this career here is really successful. It's like, he's, he's out there more often. And, and he and I, are, we've been in this group together and just talking about that journey for a little bit. And um, I'd just love to hear what that has been like for you, because a lot of people here are, are really wanting to put themselves out there for the first time in a big way. And you've, you've, you've started that process. So what does that feel like 
and what have you learned in it? Yeah. So, Brendan, I, I got to pull back one thing from the prior because there's, okay. there's one other thing I see people typing in the chat, the pieces I've been giving. Yes. And there's one thing that is what I consider to be the most important part of, uh, of proof. Yes. And also the thing that ties everything else I just said together. And I'm going to leave with this and then uh, I'll, I'll talk about how my journey has been uh, becoming. This uh, is that part of what, what are we missing? <laughs> and, and it's something I've been using uh, as I've been stepping uh, you know, in, in front of the curtain from behind it to make myself stand out. And that is education. So they did a, a survey recently. Uh, Microsoft did a sense of testing. They found that the human beings now have a attention span of uh, uh, less than a goldfish. So a goldfish can pay attention better than a human can. Because, I think it's because of tab browsing and, you know, you can now you have news feeds where you can scroll down. And now these days you can even scroll this way, you know, with uh, Snap stories and IG stories and TikTok and all. So, like, there's endless ways you can go to avoid a sales message, right? So the hot knife, in addition to story, is a, is a story that educates. So you're not just talking about an anecdote. You're actually providing education. And you see, I just did it. You know, I'll go a little meta here with that Dr. Gunry story. I told the story of how I was at the conference and I was embarrassed when he, you know, talked bad about probiotics. But then I weaved in that lesson of how you got to innovate, you know. And so when you're giving value in the form of education, that's your hot knife to cut through, even against other great storytellers when you're giving unique value that only you can give. And that's also, I think the greatest form of proof, Brendan, because you're teaching things that no one's ever heard before. They are really like, wow, mind blown. And I, I got my start writing copy in the dating advice space for our mutual friend, Eben Pagan. And so I would write letters, uh, sales letters that were for a book called double your dating, which helped men get more dates. And then also for a book called catch them and keep them, which helped women, get one man and keep them. It's funny how the different sexes want different things, right? But, uh, you know, one of the things that we do is we give away the secrets in the letter. And Eben calls this moving the free line. So we'd start off with a captivating story. And then we'd say, you know, so when I was a 22-year-old virgin, the three things I discovered that allowed me to have more conversations with women was, one, when I would approach a woman, I would say these three words. And then you tell them what the three words are. And then people are leaving that and they're like, oh my God, this is really groundbreaking. They're giving me this for free. I can't imagine how good it's going to be when I give them $40 for the book. It's going to be like so much more, you know, so use that education to cut through. And that, that's something I've been trying to do, Brendan, as I, I've been coming uh, more into my own as someone who teaches versus just does behind the scenes is I've been trying to think, what's the new ways I can teach things that, that people might've heard before, because, you know, there aren't that many new copywriting ideas, right? But there's new ways of framing them. So everyone says, like, grab attention. The old adage, even from the, the movies, is like, uh, attention, interest, action, decision, action, right? It's like the AIDA. So attention, like, I, you know, that's all we've been really talking about with these stories, right? But I, I thought about a unique way to present that. And I told the story about uh, Michael Ovitz dominating movies and then going into advertising and Coca-Cola and the stories of how commercials came about, you know? So giving education plus story, that's like, like really the secret sauce. So that's what I've been trying to do. And man, it's been, it's been a challenge. Um, it's been a challenge both uh, psychologically inside here 
and in actually doing it. So inside here, you know, I've had some success with my copywriting. So when I get on stage for the first time, I'm really like my bar's high. I'm on in the standing ovation from, from everybody on my first talk on stage. And instead I'm up there like, well, uh, uh, oh shit, I can't do this over. Sorry. Uh, what, how much time do I have left? Uh, okay guys, sorry. It's my first time on stage. I'm screwing this up. You know, and then hopefully they laugh and then I get back into the thing and I read my notes and you know what I mean? Like it's not as seamless as it was. And someone told me something, uh, really helped me out. And he said, you need to give yourself permission to suck. You need to give yourself permission to just go out there and and fail. And the same is true with, with writing. The same is true with public speaking. The same is true when you're putting out your first YouTube videos, you know, you can't expect them to be perfect. You're not going to get a million views in your first thing, you know? So give yourself permission to suck and then try to suck every day. (laughs) (laughs) Uh The the more you suck, the better you're going to get. And so that's what I've been doing with speaking. Um, I think you, you've you seen me evolve a little bit as a speaker over the last couple of years, I hope. Yes. Uh, I don't know this, Brennan, but that, uh, the very first time I went on stage, it was with Eben at one of his events, and I could not get the words out of my mouth. Like, they had to take a break after 10 minutes. It was supposed to be an hour session because I was just, like, anxiety and, like, hyperventilating and weird stuff. And we were recording a program, and I refused to watch the program to this day. Wow. I had a full panic attack for like three hours on stage. It was bad. And Evan ended up having to do most of the content on his own. So, you know, give yourself permission to, to learn and grow because, yeah, I could stay behind the scenes and keep writing copy and, you know, probably do pretty well. But I've been doing that for 15 years now, you know, so I'm trying to do new things. And, uh, yeah, I'm still having a lot of flops, you know. Like uh, I just put out a podcast um, and I just started my Instagram channel and, with my Instagram, I I went out and before I started my Instagram, I went out and I tried to find the best people in the world at knowing what works on Instagram. And I teamed up with a guy who's amazing. His, his name is also Brendan, Brendan Kane. And Brendan Kane has helped me grow my Instagram uh, to a, a strong following, doing some, uh, some different forms of, of advertising for my account, basically saying, you know, follow me for good advice and things like that. So I was able to get to almost 900,000 followers, uh, in about a year doing, uh, advertising. And, and, uh, and by the way, some people shame paid traffic. Like my career is based on paid traffic. So when I was at, at Brendan's little, uh, uh, little intimate group in Puerto Rico, everyone was, everyone was uh, getting up around the table and they're, they're like, yeah, I have 3 billion views of my videos and uh, all organic. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I have, a, I have uh, uh, almost, uh, you know, 700,000 followers on Instagram and I've paid for every single one of them. <laughs> and he was so proud of it because he's like, I figured that out. And we were like, what? You figured that out? And I think I think that is so funny is it the, the shaming of it because the way I, I look at it is it, every business has to grow traffic at some point, right? At some point, your organic reach is going to hit what, what, what feels like its maximum speed or its maximum level. And then you have to say as a business, oh, how do I grow it? And the same thing in every medium, like your podcast will have its organic growth cycle. But if you want that podcast to grow bigger, you're going to have to learn marketing and advertising, right? Yeah. So if you want to see a good example of sucking, go look at my podcast channel on YouTube and you'll see, I think I only have one of my seven episodes that has broken a hundred views. <laughs> not even, I'm not even in like three zero. Okay. They have like average, I'm measuring like 30 to 70 views. 
you know? And then you learn the lessons too, that like, oh, Instagram really doesn't like when people push, uh, people push off platform. You know, if you're doing like something with a, with a link, like if you say link in bio, you get suppressed. You know, if you mention YouTube in your, in your post, you get, you know, shadow banned and all this stuff, you know, you learn about all this, this, uh, this funky stuff. And I do have a plan there. So I'm reaching out to the world's top YouTube experts, you know, guys like Evan Carmichael, who's a mutual friend of ours and asking them their tactics. And once I get 10 episodes up, I'm going to start advertising my show because I'm all about the paid. I'm all about paid, paid eyeballs. You know, just like I advertise my Instagram account, I'm not going to like, like these like follower nests and it, where they get like, you know, people in uh, uh, third world countries to set up junk accounts. And then they like, you know, it's all fake accounts. Like every one of my followers on Instagram is a real person that came in through an advertisement that they saw. And they, yeah. they collected, they raised their hand because they saw something they resonated with that they said, yeah. I think that's a really good point. Um, I want to share this real fast for those who know my, 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 my background, Craig, is that like with my books, like when I go to launch a book, it's hopefully as much as I, organic as I can get the book to go. You know, it's, I'm on the podcast, I'm doing the shows, we're doing the social media and everything else like that. But if I want to continue that book selling year over year over year over year, you know, for hundreds of thousands of copies over and over and over and over again, I have to build a marketing campaign behind that. And there's this belief in, between influencers and marketers that influencers are sort of somehow more pure because they make everything organic. And I'm just here to say I have a lot of friends who have lots of organic traffic and they're broke because they never figured out, like, outside of the low-hanging fruit, which is your, like, your core customers who will buy and they love it, how do you bring in new people? And most importantly, how do you bring in new people in a systematic way that you can predict so that you can scale your team to it? You can scale your lifestyle to it. You can set a budget to it, meaning you can have a real business doing it. And so I'm a writer and you tell writers to spend money on ads. They're just like, oh my gosh, they think it's the worst. And I'm like, I'm like but that's how I've reached so many more millions of people around the world who are readers. And so I just want to encourage everybody to, to, to kind of listen to that because I don't think it's a, a, a bad thing. I think it's a choice of you going from artist to business person. And that difference between artist and business person is often the business person is strategically investing into their business by advertising so that they can have that predictable revenue or that revenue that converts, I'm sorry, that traffic that converts so they know how and where to scale. Um, so anyway, so really good point on that, Craig. Yeah. Uh, and you can make it back. You know, that's the key is making the money back. It's, it's not just dumping money. You know, the most, uh, the biggest consumer brands in the world all spend millions and millions of dollars on advertising. I looked around like, why shouldn't I do that? If I'm trying to brand myself, you know, okay. I think it's awesome that people that can do it organic, but they're, they're really like, there's not that many of them. You know, I know Jay who spoke earlier, did it amazing. And you know, look at the uh, other people have come up uh, that have done organic. I mean, I can only think of like Gary Vee, you know, that, that have, have reached that level all organic, but yeah. like, the biggest person in the personal growth space, I think most agree it's Tony Robbins. I mean, he had an infomercial on the air for years and even today he spends millions on advertising, you know? So decide like, what's your thing? You know, if you're a wizard at, at organic and storytelling, like Jay is, I mean, Jay's unbelievable. I, 
I discovered him organically than, than all for you. But if you're not that, and I, I, I'm not, don't be too shy to just spend and then, you know, try to get a return. I mean, yeah, I, I spent money to grow my Instagram account. And I also, once public speaking opens back up, I'll make it back in, you know, three talks that I probably wouldn't have gotten if they didn't see my Instagram account and be like, oh, this guy could put asses in seats, you know? Yeah, it's good. Um, I've been asking everybody this at the, at the end of their hour here, Craig, is like, what advice would you give to somebody who is just starting out or trying to scale? They're in that kind of that transitionary period of trying to get this going. What uh, parting advice would you give to them? Man, I only get one. Only yeah. one thing to give these, give these uh, beautiful people. Well, you, can, you can elaborate, but I think it's, 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 um, it's something that everyone's always asking. It's like, hey, where do I start? Or yeah. if I'm about to build and really scale now, what are the, that, that progression is really hard to think about. Yeah. Whether you're already established, because like you said, you got to innovate. So just some things they should keep in mind. Yeah. Well, I'm a little bit biased, Brendan. But I don't feel you can grow a big business in our space without at least a strong understanding of copywriting. You don't have to become a master copywriter, but you need to understand it so you can hire a copywriter. You need yeah. to understand it so you can make engaging posts on a consistent basis. Or even if you're not the type to do your own posts, you need to be able to oversee the people who do and know if it's good or not. So a great place to start is a book called My Life in Advertising. It's by a guy named Claude Hopkins. You can get that book for free online right now. It's an it's a e-book that's been around since the 1920s. And Claude Hopkins is one of the greatest copywriters of our time. He's one of the early guys who was writing campaigns for brands that are still around today, like Goodyear Tires, Hoover Vacuum Cleaners, Pepsi and Toothpaste, you know, who are all spending money on advertising and using really captivating stories to sell. And he tells a lot of those stories in the book. And then there's a, a second part of the book called Scientific Advertising. So that's the, the how-to and the tactical. You can get them both for free online right now. Just Google them, they'll come up. Oh, someone just posted a link in the chat, great. Claude Hopkins, yeah. Just study those. And, and that's gonna give you the fundamentals. When you have those fundamentals, that's when you can take the more advanced tactics that Brendan is teaching you and turn them into rocket fuel. That's when you can combine everything and create your own vehicle for massive impact. Get the fundamentals from the old scores and then layer on what Brendan has figured out for this century right now with the scrolling in 360 degrees and you know a zillion ads a, a day and people with attention spans of, of goldfish now. You know, you got, you got those two things combined, and I, I don't think you can lose. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, Craig Clemens, let's, let's go. So good having you on here, brother. Um, so good seeing you. Wish I could give you a hug. Can't wait to see you this next time again. Um, so good. I hope everybody took a ton of notes, and you gave some frameworks. Honestly, I'm looking at some of this stuff, and I'm going, gosh, I've been sucking at that in the last couple of weeks or months in some of our ads. So um, this is super helpful, buddy. I appreciate well, you. You have permission to suck on those ads for a little while, but you're going to keep getting better and better. So that's it. That's it. That's it. Everybody, please keep in touch with Craig. Follow him over on Instagram. And uh, 
my brother, I know we'll be talking soon. So thanks for everything, man. My pleasure. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank All you. Right, right. Give him a round of applause one more time, guys. Give him a shout out of love down below in the chats, wherever you're watching this on Facebook and here as well. Um, here's what we're going to do, y'all. We're going to do a five-minute break.